1: Good morning, and welcome to America's Web Radio, and we're glad to have you listening in today for David's Pick, and we're going to talk sandbags today. How exciting. Uh, now, we have Mr. Baggerbot on the phone with us today, and uh, he's out in sunny California, and uh, an area that I happen to know very or pretty well uh, in the Monterey Peninsula, that area, Fort Ord, and, uh, Tom, how are you doing this morning?
0: I'm doing great.
1: Good, good. And uh, are you out making sandbags today?
0: I am not making any sandbags, but uh, I'm looking forward to making sandbags in the near future.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. I think you've got a uh, speaker on in the background because we're getting feedback from you.
0: Okay, um, yes, let's see here.
1: <clears throat> Is that better? Uh, a little bit, yeah. But I, I'm still getting getting my voice coming back to me, so, uh, uh obviously there's a speaker in the... Uh, woodwork or something anyway uh we're glad to have you coming on the show with us and uh tom's been on before but we feel like this is such an important product that can save lives literally around the world that uh, we want to keep getting an update on it and uh see how it's going and uh talk to tom about plans for the future so um uh, there, I think, you, I think you got it shut off, Tom.
0: Well, I hope so.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, not quite shut off, but uh, mostly shut off. I'm, I'm still here a little bit, but that's all right. We'll make it through. Um, Tom, what have you been doing since we last spoke?
0: So since we last talked, I've been working with the local recycling group, uh, company specifically, to... Taken bag multiple products. They have uh, recycled sand. They have recycled pea gravel. They have recycled wood products, and they have uh, kind of a compost that they uh, would like to bag up and we're looking to sell to local retailers.
1: That's super, and uh, and I think it identifies the bagger bot is the flexibility that it has to. Uh, not just do sand, but do a number of other things. I think you had mentioned one time uh, you had done seashells, and um, you know just a, a variety of products that can be bagged. And uh, you don't discriminate against the material that the bags made out of, do you?
0: No, anything <clears throat> 1.25 inches and less, we can bag it uh, with just as long as it doesn't have the consistency of like a dough like uh, you know you're making a cake mix or something along those lines that that would be kind of difficult to get it through the machine but if it has any viscosity at all it can flow through the machine and we can bag it
1: and the number of uses for sandbags to me is just absolutely incredible and we've been very fortunate, knock on wood so far this year, that we haven't had, uh, what they were expecting as far as the number of hurricanes. But, uh, obviously areas that are prone to flooding need sandbags, our military needs sandbags, uh, you know, gardening, gardening, uh, Installations need uh, bags of products, and, and the list goes on and on. And uh, how are we doing on production of BaggerBots?
0: Well, where we are right now is we finished the fundraise with Start Engine and we raised $104,000. Uh, our goal was to make, you know, or to obtain a million dollars, which we were going to proceed immediately with the production of two of the bagger bots and we're currently working with the local recyclers because they have a direct need for the machines in order to uh, bring the product back into uh, like a full life cycle thought process so Gavin Newsom who is the governor of California signed into law that 90% of recycled materials that are brought to the landfills needs to be basically brought back to and sold to the local county that they came from. So this just went into effect uh, within the last year. There's been different forms of it over the years, but the most recent update, they want 90% of the the materials to go back to the county that they came from, meaning that they're either sold on a large scale in huge volume or they're going to have to be sold on the retail side. There's a couple of issues that come up with selling it on the retail side. One is you need to weigh every bag and it has to be accurate, plus or minus approximately 1%. So we've added a scale feature onto the uh, bagger bot that we are incorporating, and we're also talking with a local palletizer to help us, even though we have that in our design, I want something that's ready to go right off the shelf, and we're, we're talking with a local uh, supplier in order to uh, accomplish that. So uh, we, we also have an issue with uh, San Jose State University with the mechanical engineering department. They uh, recently uh, finalized... Uh, a working uh, prototype that automatically puts the bags on the clips on the front end. So there's been a lot of exciting things that have happened in the last uh, 60 days, I'd say.
1: It's almost like uh, a work in in process, uh, or a machine in process, and uh, people come up with uh, things that... uh, well, let me ask when you started this, did you ever anticipate all of the uh, requirements or people or things that people would ask for?
0: I did because I realized that the world you know basically goes through somewhere between one and seven trillion bags a year. so it's it's an astronomical uh, number uh, which we could to have a discussion just about bags and about how how many bags we use, and they're basically saying that the average life expectancy of somebody using a bag is somewhere between 14 and I think 28 seconds, it's total life before it gets thrown in the garbage and brought back to a landfill, so huh. uh, I had no clue all the different people I would be talking to and the different demands of bags, but it's uh, it's, it's actually very interesting, uh, all the different types of bags that are out there. One of the issues that we were going for was the biodegrad- biodegradable, uh, eco-friendly type of bags. And right now, they really don't have that perfected 100%. They're getting close, but we're not to the point where we don't have the microfibers you know, breaking down. And uh, an issue like 15 years later that there's still a complete bag in the landfills and the dumps so that is a major issue but I I'm not going to be the person to solve that problem that'll be there's many many very intelligent people around the world working on a true biodegradable breakdown where it doesn't put the microfibers back into the waterways Uh, there are many many people that are working on that right this moment but, but we're not there yet
1: uh, that brings up the question uh when you sew the top of that bag what about the thread is it biodegradable
0: the the uh, thread on the bagger bot is a sewing machine that's been around for approximately a 100 years uh, they're out of illinois and uh, that is a cotton those are cotton threads so those are biodegradable
1: wow yeah uh, that's that's fascinating and uh You know, every time we talk, I have more and more questions about it, and uh, it's like you'd never think of uh, the bag, you know, it's one of those things you just take for granted, so to speak, but yet when it's needed, it's needed. And uh, have you talked to the military at all?
0: I have talked to the military, and currently we are in the process of obtaining our, uh, GSA number. Uh, the, the parent company is in the process of t- obtaining the GSA number, which will allow us to uh, sell to the federal, state, and local uh, governments. And I've been told that until I have that number in place, I won't. I will not be able to um, receive a contract or move forward. So that is quite an extensive background check and. A test it's you know we're probably four months into uh, getting through the process but I've been told it's between six and seven months to to accomplish that so we're very close to obtaining the GSA number so I'm looking forward to when that uh, when I have that in place
1: oh that that's fantastic and uh, you know when uh, that happens uh, I'm sure it will not only be no th- Newsworthy, but, uh, some of the bigger news stations will pick that up and start running with it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's again, you, you never, you sort of, particularly if you haven't ever been in the military, you, you take, uh, you don't ever think about it. But, uh, you know, if you've been in the military, then you filled up your fair share of sandbags and, Uh, to think of being able to do 1,600 sandbags an hour is just, I'm not sure, uh, a company could handle that, you know, the, with the men that are in a, in a company size unit, uh, if they could work as fast as getting the 1,600 sandbags out. But still, when it's needed, it's needed, and, uh, sandbags with the different material as you've, you've ta- talked about and told me about uh, can can save lives and both in the military and in flood situations where, you know, every moment counts and being able to, what what would you, if, if you were to, uh, I know you've got some numbers on this, uh how many sandbags can the average person fill in an hour compared to your 1600?
0: Well, when you talk about filling sandbags, especially within a group, it obviously depends on how many people are involved. But for, you know, flood situations, the number is somewhere between 250 and let's say 650 to 850, you know, depending on how many people are actually doing it? So it's a very slow process, but we're talking about hundreds of people. It's uh, it's quite an extensive uh, you know way to do it. There are other machines that are out there, but they don't they can't perform uh, at the level that the BaggerBot can because of robotics and um, the robotics can continue working when humans are completely worn out and uh, cannot move uh, forward. So. Not a lot of people want to fill 40- or 50-pound bags on a daily basis. It's. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was talking with a gentleman the other uh, day about uh, he supplies uh, the palletizer, uh, and he works specifically with the almond industry and a lot of the farmers in the Central Valley of California. And he was talking about how, especially nowadays, <clears throat> people will come and they'll work, Bagging the almonds for, you know, one or two days, and then they're they're literally uh, exhausted. And he was talking about how, uh, you know, not a lot of people want to sit and just make, you know, hundred a hundred thousand bags or a million bags. That's not, you know, what a lot of people uh, are excited about anymore. So, uh, so we'll, we're going to find out where that goes. That uh, I think it's a good contact, and I'm I'm talking. Uh, with, with them about, uh, you know, leasing the equipment or using the equipment. And uh, we would have to change the materials a little bit of how we designed the, the bagger bot, meaning we'd have to head towards stainless steel and other products that uh, cannot uh, their food grade uh, quality. Uh, so the intent of the machine, you know, originally was sand and gravel bags, but it's morphed into many different areas. And right now we're actively pursuing purchase orders or lease agreements for future uh, BaggerBots.
1: When we uh, get back from our first break, we'll talk more about what's going on with BaggerBot. And if uh, you have time, go to your computer, put in BaggerBot.com. And uh, we'll be back right after a couple of messages and uh, talk more to Tom Burns about what's going on in the bagging business.
2: Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Okay, and uh, we're coming back with our guest today, Mr. Tom Burns, and uh, he's the founder of (coughs) thebaggerbot.com. Baggerbot Baggerbot is a machine that will produce 1,600 sandbags per hour, and it doesn't just do sandbags, it does a multitude of different products, depending on what you're looking for and what your need is. And... um, Tom is looking uh, now to go ahead and start getting purchase orders and leasing orders. And uh, on the on your lease, will th- this be like a, a annual lease or a six month lease?
0: We can set up the lease any way the customer would want to uh, set up the lease. We're we're pretty flexible of you know the lease terms. And uh, specifically, if we're going to sell to any of the government entities we would have to have a lease own agreement in place uh, the government I've been told will not lease anything they cannot buy in the end so that's part of the procedure that we're going to set up moving forward
1: and uh, the mobility of the bagger bot is uh, fairly simplistic it's like pulling a trailer correct?
0: It is. It's a eight foot by twenty foot cargo container, and we designed it that way on purpose so that we could fit two of the units on the back end of a forty foot fat flatbed trailer. It could be transported into a uh, plane. It could be put onto a ship. It could, you know, literally be picked up with a three fifty, you know, style uh, pickup truck uh, with a trailer on the back end of it. Uh, there's multiple lifting uh, lugs uh, both from the bottom and the top uh, that we've installed on the uh, the machine and the product is uh, under 10,000 pounds so the existing prototype that we have in place we were up approximately around 18,000 pounds and the new design back about we specifically made it to, to go under the 10,000 uh, pound mark so that we believe is the a game changer as far as being able to move it anywhere in the country or put it onto the onto a ship or on a railroad car or, and we can stack them They're it's designed to go uh, seven high on top of uh, the existing uh, containers so it can withstand on the corners of close to eight hundred thousand pounds so it's it's quite a amount of time spent on the engineering side to make sure we don't have any issues with the, uh, the structural integrity of the equipment.
1: Wow. Do you have, uh, a staff of engineers or do you do the engineering yourself or how, how does the engineering gets done? And, and when I come in with a new idea, uh does that go to another engineer to figure out where we're going to put uh, like you said the scales or where we're going to put this widget compared to that widget
0: so I am involved with the engineering side of the equation when we re modified the prototype we had seven different engineers with different expertise involved with each section of the machine in order to drive out the weight and the manufacturing cost of the of the machine so we did spend a lot of time and energy it was about a year and a half of additional time to re-engineer the prototype to clean up uh, any issues that we uh, we witnessed when we were in uh, test mode at the quarries and we went to the quarries uh, three or two different locations on three different occasions <laughs> uh, just to test the machine and to make a lot of bags and to make sure we're getting the weights correctly and proving that everything flows through the hoppers correctly and we tried all different types of materials both wet and dry and it was, uh, it was good that we did uh, the extensive testing on the prototype. Yeah,
1: I can just imagine it must have one heck of a wire harness.
0: From a uh, control standpoint, there's multiple microprocessors and there are many, many variable frequency drives and there are a lot of uh, safeties and you are correct if you were to see the control cabinet of what ties into the two different microprocessors that we have inside the machine. It's it's actually quite impressive. A lot of people, uh, when I show them the control side, it's I, th- I think it's uh, shocking to see uh, the first time that the amount of controls and the amount of uh, sensors and, you know, things of that nature that are on the machine. You know, we have free, you know all different types of sensors. Specifically, we have a lot of optic sensors, uh, and we have uh, limiting switches, and we have uh, all these basically force fields that if you put your hand into the machine at the wrong place at the wrong time, it automatically shuts itself off so when we were going into the local quarries we had to become uh, MSHA certified both the equipment and the people that were working around the machine uh, just to make sure that nobody can get hurt and uh, there was a lot of time spent with safeties and uh, screening and controls sensors Uh, multiple, multiple safety circuits on the machine uh, to prevent uh, an accident from occurring.
1: Has OSHA, or do they follow you around uh, if you go to a quarry or something like that?
0: The biggest issue is you can't even set foot on a quarry unless the personnel that is running and operating the machine is MSHA certified, which is a fairly extensive training program that has literally, uh, I'd say, 70 modules, 80 modules, that each module would take maybe a half a day to uh, accomplish, to, to get through them. So there's an extensive amount of training, and the machine itself, specifically the prototype, had to go through probably... Fifteen inspections to become MMSHA certified to bring it into a uh, quarry, an operating quarry. So, and even then, we put the equipment off to the side. We weren't in the middle of the quarry. We were set off on the side of the boundary to keep it out of the way of everybody, you know, coming in and out. That included the large uh, front-end loaders that literally could pick up a car or a truck, no problem in its bucket and that's what we were using to fill the top of the uh, the bagger pot It's uh, the, the quarry is quite impressive. The wheels on the equipment that they use uh, are probably eight foot tires, or you know, maybe maybe even a little bit taller. But it, they're gigantic pieces of equipment, and so they want to keep you away from that types of equip that type of equipment as much as possible.
1: I can imagine. Wow, that. <laughs> Uh That sounds military-grade almost, you know. Uh, so what are... Uh, you know, you and I have been talking now probably about, I don't know, four or five months. What are your plans now? How much has changed since we first started talking to where you are today?
0: I think one of the biggest issues that I did not even realize was... Uh, a problem was the garbage and recycling facilities, and specifically the amount of trash that goes to the landfills. It's really, to me, mind-boggling the volume and the the extent of it. And you know, when I go to the different facilities out here in California, I went to a uh, waste management uh, facility about two weeks ago and it was it it kind of uh i was in my truck and i was you know basically on flatland and i started driving and it seemed that i went 800 feet 900 feet into the air to get to the top of the landfill to have a discussion about how to use the bagger bot to help with recycled materials they were thinking about you know how we could work together but i just asked them if I could help them with the bagging operation in order to bring the products to the local re- retailers. So I'm actively pursuing right now a pilot program with any of the retailers locally, uh, you know, reselling the the products. And the goal is to resell the recycled material 20% less than what. They're paying for the products right now, and the majority of the products are being shipped over very, very long distances and brought into uh, the local markets. So with the new laws that were signed into place in California, they want to give the materials a second, a third, a fourth life. They don't want to just keep filling the landfills all the way up to the clouds.
1: So... uh is it the landfill's responsibility to come up with the product and then you all bag it, or how does that work?
0: That is what we are actively talking about. I do want them to certify their products, whatever they are selling, uh, to the uh, public. So they are going to have test labs, and they are going to have people that will certify all their products that are going to be resold back to the public.
1: So, so they going to be
0: their responsibility.
1: I assume they'd be divided into organic and inorganic, correct?
0: That is correct. There is uh, it, organic and inorganic. And I think, you know, right now what we're looking at specifically, which I'm trying to start slow, is we're looking at recycled sand, recycled pea gravel, recycled, there's wood products that actually, they add a, like a pine scent to it, and it actually is pretty nice, uh, the consistency of it and the, and the look of it. it, would be very nice for around, you know, landscaping, or people's yards and things of that nature, and then the last one is they have a compost <clears throat> that they make, which is actually their largest seller, that they sell in bulk right now, and so We're talking about, to start with, uh, bagging those four different products. And just for a rough number of what we're talking about, it's somewhere between uh, 25 and 40 million bags that we're we're discussing right now uh, as far as uh, bringing it back to, to the local retailers or to the public.
1: Holy cow. Uh Tom, we're going to take our uh, second break. We'll be back with Tom Burns talking about BaggerBot. And uh, quite frankly, when I started the radio station, I never thought I'd be talking about BaggerBot. But here we are and enjoying it, and we'll be back right after this.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio.
2: Stacy Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live.
1: We are the worst state in the country
2: to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. This is americaswebradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: And we're back on America's Web Radio with uh, our special guest, Mr. Tom Burns from uh, the left coast, out in my old stomping grounds of uh, California, the basically the Monterey Peninsula, courtesy of Uncle Sam and your tax dollar. I got to spend uh, about uh, six and a half months out there at the... Uh, little place called Fort Ord, but it was beautiful, and I enjoyed, uh, you know, I look back on the time and think, well, you know, uh, there was some grappling at the time, but it was really a very enjoyable tour, so, um, anyway, Mr. Burns has a product that is good for the military, as a matter of fact, and good for civilian use as well, it's called the Bagger Bot, and uh, the BaggerBot is a piece of equipment that can be moved into place and fill up to 1,600 sandbags or bags of any kind per hour. And that, if you take it and look at it correctly, that is a, absolutely an incredible number of bags. And uh, when the storm is coming... Uh if your city or state has one of these pieces of equipment and can uh, they can move it into positioning and uh, it will literally save lives it will save cities and in the case of military uh, lives and in many times in many cases sandbags are used on and on and I, I found it interesting too, Tom, and you might just sort of put this as a footnote quickly that you can build a house out of your bags.
0: We can. There's actually multiple groups that the probably the fastest and the least expensive way to build a house, you could build it with uh, sandbags. There's a little bit more to it than just sandbags. There's a kind of a metal Frame that goes with it, and you can put like a stucco type of product or even mud type of product on the outside, and you could even sheetrock on the inside if you wanted to. Um, so the metal actually helps hold it all together, and it's for attaching products to it, both on the inside and the outside. And if you think about it, it's literally you can grab the material from the soil after you sift it, obviously. And put that into the bags themselves, just as long as you don't have anything over 1.25 inches. So we do have grates on the top that would separate anything large, meaning branches or large rocks or even, you know, broken pieces of debris. Uh, it would slide off, they're kind of like gorilla bars that sit on the top that actually slide, it slides off of there. But the, you could literally use the soil of wherever you're at and you could actually put it into the bags, and it takes approximately, from what I've been told, I've never built a sandbag house, which is approximately like a 3,000 square foot rancho style house, it's kind of what you would see in the southwest, um, the adobe style homes is what they look like, they look similar to that, and it's about uh, 7,800 bags it would take to build just the perimeter and the openings. like any windows or doorways and then the roof can either be slanted or it can be flat so I've seen it designed uh, both ways so if you go onto the internet you can type in you know earth homes or sandbag homes and there are multiple different groups that are involved with that but it is the probably the fastest and the easiest way to build a house that would last a very long period of time if you know some fairly Good construction practices were incorporated, meaning adding some of that, it's a very thin-gauge metal that is added in with the bags themselves and you can attach on the inside and the outside and that gives it the structural integrity to bond everything together both on the inside and the outside. So there are many people that have dedicated their lives, it appears you know, I've talked to a few people about it uh, and they kind of love their house, their homes. So it's it's interesting.
1: <laughs> well, the uh, the R value of that thick of a wall would be incredible. It would take less heating and air conditioning than one would ever imagine.
0: That is correct. If it was tightly packed and all the voids were taken care of, you, I mean, you would do that to keep the bugs out and to keep. Uh, anything out but you you are 100% correct that our value would be definitely above uh, like an R60 it would it would be beyond that
1: so so uh, you know uh, it's like everything else in our world it, it will uh, come alive as a demand calls for it and uh people see the value in it and compare the cost and uh the material cost and everything else and it I think it's a great idea particularly in like you said in the southwest uh, particularly in the southwest and uh, my parent, my grandparents and then it was my parents home was an adobe home with the uh, uh, it had uh, like 8 inch walls that were filled and uh they uh they finally install a central heating and air but they really for so many years they never needed it and uh, you could open windows at both ends of the house and have such a nice cool cross breeze that you never needed the air conditioner but so i I think uh, we'll see bagger bots at home sites before too long and and uh, I, you know, it, it's just sort of an endless thing, in my opinion, Tom. Of, of the value and the uses for BaggerBot.
0: Yes, I I agree. There's, uh, I I did not even realize the recycling aspect of it all until it was brought to my attention, and then to find out that one of the facilities is directly right down the street from where my office is at. It was really kind of an eye-opener of what, what is possible. So the, the issue now is going to be the pilot programs at the local retailers. And I would love to, you know, get into either uh, Home Depot or Lowe's. I have uh, put in, uh, you know, I, I tried try through LinkedIn to connect with people that are involved with uh, corporate uh, sustainability and for uh, the people that would be involved with recycling and future growth areas for the retailers that sell like building products and landscaping products and things of that nature I uh, so I'm actively pursuing getting into those facilities and starting a pilot program with uh, you know bringing some large corporations together and and getting this to work I think the issues with the military the homes the the gravel, uh, almonds, seashells, all the other products, I think will all happen uh, very quickly. I uh, just need the initial pilot programs, and I think um, it'll be uh, off and running. I, I, I think that that will be what will take it over the top. So um, just talking about 25 to 40 or 45 million bags in a year for one facility is quite a... Uh, Quite a lot. It's This is kind of an industrial-grade uh, product. Uh, it's not something that you would set up in a parking lot in, in a downtown area. It would be more of something that you would set up at the source of where, you know, if, if it's for farmers, you'd set it up on the edge of the fields. If it was, you know, for flood fighting, you would set it up uh, near a quarry or right next to a quarry because the transportation costs to move the volume that's needed, you would need to be close to the source uh, in order to, you know, bag. Let, let's just say you wanted a bag. Uh, I think the I, I did the calculation. I believe it's uh, about 40,000 or 50,000 bags a day is what the machine can produce. And uh, I think that's right. I, I've got a calculator, but... Uh, it's uh, it's quite a amount of you know, a large amount of bags. If you actually were to see thirty, it's actually thirty-eight thousand four hundred bags. So, that's a lot of bags if you were to see them all filled and you had them in a parking lot. It, it's an impressive amount.
1: <laughs> and uh, I assume you'd have to uh, palletize all of those. So,
0: the way we would put the bags together is there are some very large six foot by six foot by six foot bags that have Velcro tops on the top of them. They are recyclable bags and we could either fill those and they have some very large hooks on the top and as I mentioned those bags are rated for I believe uh, 4,500 to 5,000 pounds and we put a 100 bags into those or we could take and put them on pallets and move them that way. So. Those are the two main ways that large volumes of bags are transported nowadays.
1: You know, you've introduced me to a whole nother industry and in that uh, I sit in the studio or in my office and uh, the world just keeps floating by with bags and I don't... Uh, Pay that much attention to them, or haven't in the past. But uh, I am interested in the BaggerBot, and uh, whoever's listening, and whatever need you might have, you may be in the Corps of Engineers, or you may be in a a training group, or who knows, or you may know somebody in the media that needs a good new news story, and you can tell them about BaggerBot.com and uh, see what's on the horizon. Would you say this is in construction, or what? What what uh, POI would you give this exactly?
0: I would say that because you know it was interesting. I was talking to somebody recently, and we were talking about bags, buckets, doors, and wheels, and we were trying to decide what are there more of in the world, and those products seem to be everywhere. So. When it comes to bags, especially bags of any volume, I mean we're not talking about small bags we're talking about larger bags that people use to transport either food, you know, organic or inorganic products or pretty much anything, even electronic components are bagged in large, large volumes. So the advantage of the bagger bot is it can be brought into environments, meaning out to the side of fields, it can be brought into quarries, it can be brought into areas that uh, high-end production lines that they would have in a building that may be in a thirty thousand or forty thousand square foot facility and would cost twenty million dollars to build. Uh, this is a much simpler and easier way to accomplish that. Uh, that task.
1: Okay, I just came up with the next question. I guess uh, is that you you have the machine that will. Put out a finished product in the form of something in a bag, be it a paper bag or be it a, a plastic bag, or not plastic, but uh, we all know what the, the bags look like. But, okay, have you come up with a machine that if you're in a situation you want to open that bag, that a machine that will open it and pour out the product in it?
0: That I I have not uh, invented uh, that yet. I do have a product that we have worked on when you bring bags to flood fighting, and let's say that you set up along the Mississippi River, and let you know. Let's just say that the bags didn't get in place, and uh, town is flooded. So what happens when the town is flooded between the uh, petroleum-based products that would be leaked and the uh, human um, excrement uh, products, you know, that would go into the water. It basically is contaminated uh, soil and contam. Everything is contaminated. So all the bags, when all that is completed, um, all that material needs to be, um, you know, removed. Basically, it has to be removed out of the air. So we do have a machine that is designed in order to uh, discard the bag. Take the fill product, clean the product, and then we could either rebag it or we would bring it back to the quarry or wherever the product came from, uh, completely uh, clean. Uh, but that is a future generation thought process, uh, and we are probably seventy percent finished with that design. But I I need to complete what I you know the bagger bot portion uh, first. But we have thought about that, and we have. Uh, we do have a design that we've put together for that.
1: Wow. Well, so, uh, I guess I wasn't too far out, uh, asking the question then that, uh, if, if you sew it up, you gotta be able to unsew it at some point.
0: That's correct.
1: Interesting. Interesting. So, I, I find all of this just absolutely fascinating and that, uh, like I said, it's just something, I don't sit around my office scratching my head about, or did I in the past? But as I told you the other day, I, I was having some thoughts about your piece of equipment and, um, was one of the reasons that uh, prompted me to call you again and, uh, see if we could get you back on America's Web Radio. I think that you've, um, you've got a heck of a winner and that at some point somebody's gonna take this story and uh, you'll be the hero of either a bad weather situation or the hero of a military situation. And either way, I think you have a product that needs exposure and will get it just because of the quality of the product. And uh, can you give us a, a little hint on... When, if you went into full production, how many machines could you all put out in whatever given time period?
0: So, with the equipment, uh, what I want, you know, the way, the way it's planned right now, but everything can change tomorrow. We we want to build uh, the first two machines and deploy those and have those in operation and. I've had a couple people have talked to me about, you know, rolling out a hundred machines at a time type of a thought process, which I think is a great idea. But I want to just start slowly and build up the momentum. And, you know, the turnaround time, once we start the machines, I'm looking at between four and six months to roll out the first two uh, machines. It's uh, the supply chain issues where we're at right now. Is part of why I'm saying what I'm saying. I've got to put in a little bit of extra time. It's not that easy to obtain all the products uh, for a, a multitude of reasons that are beyond my my control. But uh, the idea will be to make a uh, hundred or a thousand of the machines at a time, and and that's kind of where I'm at right this moment. But I, I I really um, am looking forward to making uh, the first two and putting them into the field and then we will go we will take it from there
1: and people can go to your website and if they wanted to get in contact with you there's contact information on the website and if you're in a hurricane prone area i would certainly suggest you look up baggerbot.com and find out as much as you can about it. Talk to your local governments about it. And uh, let people know that there is a piece of equipment out there that is designed to do a job that it would take thousands and thousands of individuals to try to compete with. And uh, it just can't be done. It, This machine will do what hundreds of people can't do. And... Uh, We've talked about that in generalities, but if you sit back and think about the applications of the bagger bot, it's it just endless. And I can see it in all sorts of construction. I can see it, you know, where they have to throw up a temporary temporary retaining wall uh, and a construction site to keep the mud from sliding, and all this. And uh, I'm sure there'll be. Thousands of the bags used for that in the near future, if they're not already being used for that. But I, uh, Tom, I, I think that you uh, just have an excellent, excellent product and program. What else can we do to help you?
0: What I am looking for is, I would like to set up a pilot program with a couple of retailers. I believe that the Recycling has the biggest demand right this exact moment. And I think that, you know, that we're discussing about potentially 40 to 60 products that can be recycled and brought back. And I actually think that that would be a perfect use for uh, the machine to show the capabilities and to show uh, all the different items that can be bagged. And that includes all different bag forms. Uh, so, I think the recycling industry has a huge issue, and I think the baggerbots will make that connection between where they are today, which is mountains and mountains of recycled materials, and you know to stop things from going into the waterways and filling up all the the land in the you know around the cities and. And even out to the country, a lot of you know, a lot of California, they were trucking a lot of the garbage out to the uh, Central Valley, and they were putting it on the barges and shipping it overseas. So, I think just solving that problem would be a huge, uh, huge benefit for the country and for society.
1: Would you see that each landfill needed a bagger bot, or would it be one bagger bot for that would handle two or three landfills?
0: Actually, uh, when you start talking about 25 to 40 million bags just at one facility, wow. uh, that would be probably 10 baggerbots uh, would be needed just to accomplish uh, those types of numbers. Because a baggerbot can do let's say a couple million bags, which is an unbelievable amount of bags. but when you start talking 20 million plus you know bags that have to be um, produced, it's, uh, it, it's a lot of machines.
1: Well, I feel like someday I'll be able to say, Well, I knew Tom Burns when. And uh, when uh, he was just getting started with a great idea, and now look where he is today. And uh, I'm excited about it and excited to be sort of on the on the uh, front end of it and uh, hope that uh, the people that are listening to the show either now or the shows that uh, we archive. Uh, who knows when they'll listen and who knows who will be listening. And uh, it, it, we just never know and it could be just the right person. And uh, we're going to announce and start be starting a new show on uh, the first Wednesday in September and it's going to be a, a place for veterans. And this will be a doctor doing the show that has a formula for not curing, but correcting, would be the best way to say it. PTSD, and the when you have PTSD and you can't sleep at night, he has a product that will. It's not. It's when I say a product, it's not uh, like a pill or anything like that. It's just a, a very simple mouthpiece that uh, Don has, just like Tom. Don saw a need, and he came up with it. He's a physician as well as an oral surgeon, and uh, he he has come up with a, a solution for not sleeping because of PTSD, and uh, he's going to be taking questions, and we're going to not only answer questions regarding PTSD, but many other questions that... Uh, Veterans face in their becoming reoriented into civilian life or if they've been back in civilian life for a long time and and they've had a problem pop up, well, uh, we're going to be able to answer that question. And like I said, Don is not only a DDS, doctor of dentistry, but also he went back to school and became an MD, a medical doctor. He's a dental surgeon and medical doctor. So he can address many, many issues that uh, a lot of doctors can't address. And, uh, you know, it might be PTSD or it might be uh, you lost your teeth because of uh, combat or who knows. But anyway, we're going to be starting that show, A Place for Veterans and when we say a place, that means that veterans can listen and tune in. And uh, we've got some other exciting news coming the veterans' way in the very near, very, very near future. So uh, stay tuned to America's Web Radio. Tom, we've got a f- couple of minutes to wind it up. What would you like to say in conclusion?
0: Well, first I want to thank you for... Asking me to come onto the show, and thank you for your continuing support. And I feel that fairly quickly here, we're going to put uh, everything together. The you know, it's interesting. We're uh, completing the graphic arts portion. Uh, Anybody that may have a need for high-speed bagging robotic machine, uh, I would love that uh, for them to give me a call, or if they. Nova location that would like to sell uh, recycled materials that would be a big help uh, so overall I'm pretty happy of where we're, we're at and I see progress uh, each week and eventually all the dots will connect and we'll be off and running
1: well you know just like uh, it always takes that first step doesn't it it does and uh you all are are taking that first step, uh, recognized a need and and have come up with a solution for that need. And uh, my hat's off and I know that you've had uh, just like with any new product or any new thing, you have your stumbling blocks, but you've dusted yourself off, gotten back up, and kept on going because, you realize, just like you said, the recycling uh, is a tremendous industry and going to become more and more important uh, almost daily. And I I see where you all are coming from and what a big help you'll be. And uh, you said something that I picked up on that I thought was interesting was the uh, smell of the wood that will sort of... Uh, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Actually, that will sort of, for lack of, just give a scent to uh, the whatever else is in the bag, you know, and be a nice, pleasant smell. And uh, I think, you know, I'll, I'll have to get you on this on the next time where we do a show together. Is um, what? How much of this did you see when you started, and how much of it do you see for the future as far as um, innovations go and and filling the needs of whatever it might be?
0: I believe the possibilities are endless, especially when we solve the issue with the bagging products that uh, will dissolve uh, basically, uh, that are going to be positive for the environment uh, going forward. I I see that as a, uh, a, a huge advantage. And the technology, the one thing I am pretty impressed with is the speed that technology is coming to market. The issue is how to introduce new thoughts, new opinions, new ideas into our society. And that's the, that's the part that's a little bit slow and even though there are a lot of people that are involved, it's it's hard to connect the dots between two or three or ten or you know large corporations or even the government to to get the opportunities to move forward. So it's um, but we're work. I'm working through it, and I'm going to get through it. And it's uh, one day just meet one one person and and uh, obtain the purchase order, and we'll be off and running.
1: Tom Burns, thank you for being with us. Thank you for developing the Bagger Bot, and we encourage people to go to your website. We'll be back next week with more information about different products and different things on David's Pick. See you next week.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.